Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome back to Dickheads of History Season 2 coming from the glorious studio that is the Cardboard Box. Anyway, nevertheless, we are on to episode two of season two. Obviously, if you haven't listened to episode one of season two, then what are you doing here? Make sure you go and listen to that. And needless to say, make sure you are following me on socials, that being c.tookie on Instagram, and join the Facebook group, the Dickheads of History Facebook group, nonetheless, where you can keep up to date with all the episodes, give your input on shows, and interact. Tell me what you think, and if you have any ideas for the show, that is where you can tell me them. Anyway, on with this week's episode. Today, we'll be looking at Timothy otherwise known as the great Mongolian conqueror that was Genghis Khan. Although his birth date is unknown, it is said to be around the 1st of January between 1155 and 1167. This is a man who would happily hang up dogs and cats in order to make his enemies fear him. Khan wreaked havoc all over Asia and Eastern Europe with his famous surrender or die policy, seeing his empire span over 12 million square miles, over double the size of the Roman Empire. Although not quite as big is the British Empire that Queen Vicky ruled over and if you want to hear more about her then once again make sure you go back and listen to episode one. He ruled over this empire until his death in 1227 however his legacy still lives on with him reportedly having 8% of Asian men being related to him and to put that in context that means he has 16 million descendants. Sure the old dog did get about didn't he? Anyway we're not here to talk about how Khan was a mega player we're here to see why the so-called ruler of the universe can be seen as a wee bit of a knob so Anyway, here are five reasons why Mr. Khan can be seen as a dickhead of history. Coming straight in at number one, we have the fact that he killed his own brother. He first started his thirst for blood at a young age, the age of 14 in fact. While many of you at 14 were trying to build up your kill count on COD, Khan was doing it in real life, starting with his first kill at 14. He lived in a small village where he supported his mum and his four siblings, as well as two half-siblings. He used to support them by going out and hunting and retrieving food for the family. However, However, this often caused problems when it came to mealtime, as his half-brother Bertra would often try and take more than his fair share of food that he hadn't even hunted for. To make matters worse and make Khan's blood boil, since he was the oldest, he wanted to assert dominance in the house by trying to marry Genghis Khan's mother. And, as you could expect, Genghis wasn't too pleased about this. Things came to boiling point one dinner time, where the fish he, he himself, had hunted for wasn't divided up to his liking. He took this dispute to his mother and to his dismay she backed Bertra and so as a result of this he took matters into his own hands. Usually you would think maybe he would give him a quick slap round the ear or maybe have a brotherly wrestle. No, not if you're Genghis Khan. Instead he goes up behind him and shoots him in the back with an arrow and unsurprisingly again his mother wasn't too pleased. In fact she was livid. This was the start of Genghis Khan's blood first. On to number two and we have the sacking of uh, Jenj. Usually battles with Genghis Khan would go on for a matter of days at most. He would often stroll into a village or an empire, offer them to either join him or suffer the consequences. And let's just say, if you joined him, then happy days. If you didn't, well, you're better off joining him. Anyway, Urgench was one of these places which quite simply did not want to join Khan's empire. Now, usually when this happens, they would battle it out, fight a little bit, and it would usually end up in Genghis Khan's favour. However, not this time. This was an unusually hard battle for Khan's Mongol army, where the battle lasted six months. Even when they got into a city, they were faced with guerrilla warfare 
used by the locals, which in turn got Khan a bit annoyed and he got so fed up, he decided to burn the whole city to the ground. Bit of an overreaction. I mean, if you think that's an overreaction, then what he did next is maybe a bit over the top. For those who survived this fire, rather than taking them in as prisoners of war and using them as human shields, yes, this actually happened, he instead decided to, well, drown them by diverting a dam and flooding the whole city. But that's not all. Those who survived this, the easiest way to say it was they were slaughtered and obliterated. The final death toll came to over one million. This can be seen as one of the biggest mass killings ever. It literally depopulated a whole city purely because it caused Genghis Khan a little bit of inconvenience and got him a little bit mad. It didn't even result in much economic gain for him. It was purely because he didn't have a great temperament. On to number three and we have the fact that due to Mongol tradition, noble blood could not be spilled, which meant coming up with more innovative ways of killing. Through tradition, Mongolian armies would refuse to spill noble blood. This meant they had to come up with very interesting ways to kill off their royal enemies. And believe me, some of them were absolutely brutal. The best outcome you could have as a royal was probably getting your neck snapped. Nice, quick, easy death. Boom, pop, brown bread, you're dead. However, this was very rare. The methods that were usually inflicted by Khan and his men included suffocation, and believe me, they liked this one, bending backs until they snapped, boiling your enemies alive, you know how it is, rolling them up in a rug and crushing them to death with a horse. And one lucky Russian group of nobles were placed under planks of wood. And in order to celebrate their victory, the Mongols decided to party on them, literally crushing them to death. Or you could say they were party to death. Yeah, no. Sorry again. Anyway, the most gruesome killing recorded was one where one of the enemy leaders had bruised Khan's ego, and you guessed it, he got a tad bit mad, which resulted in Khan having molten silver poured into the enemy leader's eyes and ears. Listen, I'm just going to say it now, I don't care whether it's controversial. I think that Genghis Khan had a sly bit of an anger problem. And on to number four, we have the fact that he would humiliate and enslave people of other religions. It is true that Genghis Khan would seek advice from many religious leaders and holy men, people of Christianity, Islam and Buddhism. It is also true that he showed very little tolerance for other religions. The man who is also known for happily decapitating women and children would also openly refer to Jews and Muslims as slaves and did not let them follow their religious duties and practices. Many religious people refused to eat Mongol foods because it was against their religion. This resulted in only Mongolians being allowed to prepare the food, which resulted to people of these religions being made to eat pork and beef. Muslims were even banned from killing sheep and if caught, they were severely punished. Circumcision was also banned in Khan's Mongolian Empire. And on to our final point, we have the conquest of Kar-ar-Ezmid Empire. Originally, Khan had tried to open a trade route with this empire, where he had sent 500 caravan men and a messenger. The Khwarezmid Empire responded by killing the messenger and highly disrespecting Khan. This in turn bruised his ego and we've seen what happened when that occurs and as a result, he went in fuming, meaning this battle was not just business, it was personal for Khan. This resulted in him decimating the whole of not only the Khwarezmid Empire, but the Persian Empire, killing 90% of the people who inhabited it. He killed so many Persians in the country of Persia, which is now known as Iraq, the population didn't recover until 700 years after Mongolian rule. To be honest, if you think about it, it's not really too much of a surprise since the Giza did leave a higher death toll than Hitler and Stalin. Where Stalin 
Harlan was responsible for 20 million deaths. Khan's was slightly higher. Well, when I say slightly higher, I mean double that. Khan often boasted about his high kill count, which started at just 14 and grew to over 40 million deaths in order to keep his dominance and people afraid. And there we go. That's our list. Once again, I've given you all the facts and it's up for you, the audience, to decide if Genghis Khan was indeed a dickhead of history. Thank you once again for listening. And as I said at the start, make sure you join me on Instagram and join the brand spanking new Facebook group, Dickheads of History, in order to stay updated and have your say on future shows. Join us next week where we'll be talking about the king of pop. Yes, you guessed it. It's Michael Jackson. Thank you once again and goodbye. <laughs>